This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Study Break. My name is Melody, and today I am here with Ava again to talk a little bit more about confidence. Hi, uh, my name is Ava, and um, if you remember last week, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, and I know Melody because we both recently got into Rice University, Um, and thank you so much for having me yet again. Today, we're going to continue our talk on confidence and self-perception. Last week, we were talking more about friendships and relationships, how other people can affect your confidence. And today, we're taking a different turn by talking about how social media can affect the way you look at yourself, specifically on body images, as well as success, just in general, Mm -hmm. like seeing so many successful people online, it can bring up some insecurities, insecurities. <laughs> to start off, let's talk a little bit more about body images. So physical confidence, the way that we see influencers online, and they are looking slim thick in their bikinis. And for the guys, they're like super muscular. And just all of these images can play into the way that we view ourselves, comparing ourselves with how they look. So what are your thoughts on this? Well, um, I, well, to start off, I am a ballet dancer. I have been doing dance since I was um, three, and I mainly do ballet and point work. So um, kind of the you know, the stereotypes and just body image in general has been a part of my life, the good and the bad, the ugly, as far as, you know, in it being a dancer, it is, it's a physical activity. I consider it a sport. It's, and there is a stereotype that comes with dancers eating and the social media aspect definitely um, contributes to not only spreading that stereotype, but also affecting dancers themselves. So, um, and I've definitely struggled uh, not only with body image, but um, kind of relating to what we were talking about last week with self-confidence. When I was at very low points with my social self-confidence, I also, there was a definitely a proportional correlation to my body image and trying to kind of feel in control of another aspect of my life when I didn't feel in control of my social life. Yeah, definitely. Oh my gosh, I relate to that so much. For some reason, I mean, personally, I always turn to like some sort of physical aspect of diminishing my confidence, like the way I look, maybe it's my face, maybe it's my body shape, my lack of abs, (laughs) like somehow every small thing, like it comes back to the way I look when it's at like my lowest point. Being a dancer, you know, I've, I've done dance as well. Um, I mm-hmm. did competitive yes. dance for a few years. And 
I've definitely experienced more toxic side of things with like a dance teacher yelling at me, <laughs> telling me oh, like, gosh. you are too thick for the costume. Like it doesn't fit. So you have to get slimmer or um, fix oh, your gosh. posture because you look like a turtle. Like it's, it's just like everything negative you can think of. It happens. What was your experience like in dance? Yeah, I'm very grateful that the studio that I'm at now um, and have been for the past few years um, is almost kind of like a fluke in the system as far as like we are, it's not a toxic environment. The dance teachers are incredibly nice and all of my friends, there's no like inner competition. We're all, and that's something I really value. Um, and, And I dance at kind of a smaller studio, but I have also... Um, I've danced at a more mainstream studio before, and I've heard countless horror stories in general. And I have also, I've danced um, out of my state. I've been at um, summer intensives of also like major corporations and met different people who kind who also had, who had issues, kind of imposed issues on others. And, but my personal experience, I would say, was kind of like I said before when I was at like a low mental point um kind of around eighth grade through sophomore year like when it was really bad I definitely had um I had definitely some body issues eating issues nothing nothing really um nothing that really affected me um incredibly medically like I do know that some other people have and I'm grateful that I'm no longer I no longer do that but I, I will say I definitely struggle still, but I, I would say for me, it's more of hearsay, hearing about people feeling like that, um, feeling that way about myself. And I think what's interesting is what really got me started with me finding flaws about my own body actually started when I heard that that was something that dancers usually felt. It wasn't because someone told me that, but it was because I'm like, oh, there's the stereotype that dancers sometimes are insecure about their bodies. Should I be insecure about my body? And that's what that was like the initial question that started years of um, of like of dissatisfaction with my body. And I just find that so interesting that like it wasn't what someone told me. It was kind of what society had taught me to think. Yeah, no, I think I'm pretty sure that's how my body insecurity started as well just talking or hearing other people talk about like oh I looked so fat today or like why do I have no muscles here and just like hearing all of those conversations it can be really impactful to the way that you view yourself Mm -hmm. um and I think especially when we were younger we don't really care about how we look um Mm -hmm. you know our our parents are dressing us up um (laughs) just playing around you know we we didn't really care about the way we look but I think in middle school and especially in high school everything changes because it became some sort of like physical appearance equals good first impression so with that in mind you know everyone is trying to impress other people everyone wants to leave a memorable impression so we care a lot about how we look and how we're perceived by others 
Um, But with that, it does contribute to a lot of insecurities, especially if you don't already have that confidence. And so going back to social media and how it affects like our body images, do you think that current social media platforms like Instagram and TikTok play into influencing teens to become a little bit more insecure about their bodies? Yes, um, is the short answer I would give. But to kind of elaborate, I think that, first of all, everyone knows it. Everyone is aware that it's a thing. And it's not, you know, saying that it is, isn't new information, I would say for a lot of people. I think what tends to go under the radar is that people on social media are only posting the best version of themselves, whether that's a fake version like photoshopped or something, or, you know, it's, they just posted one picture after they took 5,000 to get the right one. But that kind of, you forget to think about that. You just see a post and you're like, okay, this is what this person is doing. And it can, it it would cause FOMO. It causes people to um, assume things about other people that, oh, their life is perfect, blah, blah, blah. And I get it. I do it too. I only post when I'm happiest and when I'm feeling the best about myself. And also when it looks aesthetic, like I'm, I'm totally guilty of that. And even like casual photos, people that you think are just, you know, posting for uh, a quick little casual, trying to show their life unfiltered. It's not really unfiltered because they conscience consciously chose that picture they're okay with it being up there forever and so and that's kind of Instagram but I still think that you asked about TikTok too and I kind of agree but what's hard is that that has real life implications um as far as if we're talking about dance I would see someone do um 64 fuetes and I'm just like how did they do that but they that's probably them on a best day that they probably got that were lucky or also knowing that they have years of training and it's just you don't think about all that stuff when you're watching a video and so I would say that it's toxic yes and I would even go as far to say it's toxic not because we don't realize it isn't but because of the um almost hidden thoughts I guess or that we kind of forget about when we're looking at that stuff that's a really interesting point just considering the behind the scenes once again going back to the different types of people and like different spectrums social media I guess negatively affects two different types of people one is those who's like I guess more physically um more concerned about their physical appearance and then the Mm -hmm. other group of people which is who are the people that are more aware of like their successes and like what they're doing so more um, innate, I guess, with both, you know, um, these social media platforms, like you said, put out the best versions of people. And when they put out less bright and cheerful content, so the quote unquote, unfiltered content, there Mm -hmm. are people who are so happy to see it, because it's like refreshing, you know, finally, something that isn't like, filtered and face tuned and just super scripted but mm-hmm. then there's also people who like criticize those content because like you said is it truly unfiltered because you're mm-hmm. still like creating content specifically trying to make it as quote-unquote real as possible 
which in yeah. my opinion is it's valid but also like completely unrealistic because at that point not no content will ever satisfy anyone but I guess long story short it's just that social media does have a great impact on the way people view their own lives and specifically like comparison I think that's Mm -hmm. a huge thing that people struggle with personally I mean talking about body images specifically I am someone who doesn't get a lot of curated content on my for you page or on my explore page that shows like pretty girls in bikinis or like super buff dudes in like (laughs) shorts I just don't have that content because it's not what I interact with and I Mm -hmm. think in that sense it's been really healthy for me because I've never had that comparison to deal with but I know for other people, they might see like these really gorgeous influencers and beautiful people in general, and they start comparing their looks with how they look. And then they read the comments and see, wow, everyone is complimenting this person. And then it's a whole cycle of almost like stalking them and then comparing yourself, making yourself look like them, dressing Mm -hmm. similarly to them. Um, And you set this standard you set this beauty standard that those influencers are what the definition of looking yeah. beautiful or pretty is. Yeah. Um, I have two thoughts on that. The first one going back all the way to the, um, un, uh, talking about like unfiltered and things like that. I was, I, it kind of sparked like a memory. There's a post, I don't even know if it's still up on my Instagram, but I just, I remember, I think I'm like, I'm like laughing and like, I don't know, outside, like on a hammock or something. And I just remember taking those photos feeling terrible. And that, and at that point, it wasn't about my body. It was kind of, uh, flashback to last, last week's episode. I think I had like a really bad, like uh, friendship day or something. And I was taking pictures, but in, and then I posted it and I'm like, I'm laughing, I'm doing this. But anytime I look back on that picture, I have such negative emotions tied to it. Cause I remember what had happened that day. And so, and and so it's just like, it's such a false, like, you know, it looks unfiltered. It looks like I'm just, you know, on a whim, like <laughs> taking pictures, but no, that's not what it is at all. And that sparks different emotions for different types of people. So that was just something that it, you reminded me of. And I just almost feel to say, just in case anyone else might think that way about other um, pictures or whatever. And then also what you were talking about, how like now um you were talking about your for you page and it just nowadays you know your for you page could look entirely different to mine and it's like some and um for example even though you said you're I, I also don't think that my for you page is curated you know just you know to send me people of like random different types of body types or something but I um have a lot of dancers on my for you page because I love looking at dance I love watching people's progress and just watching dance videos in general and so I totally see um I guess the definition of beauty standards for dance all the time and it can be frustrating because then you're like oh so only people that look like that can get popular enough to post or good enough to post even though that's not true and I would like to say there are a lot of um plus size dancers that I follow um and who um I definitely support in that but I'm just kind of like on the for you page those types of people I had to seek out or I had to find and then follow them and then try and keep up with them but the natural inclination of like 
I guess the for you page and popular content is is not that honestly for for me and a lot of other dancers just because that's not really normalized and it's really sad that is a great point to bring up and something that is worth talking about because it's just the concept of pretty privilege personally I think there are definitely aspects to it that are true when it comes to TikTok I definitely see that there is a bigger push for people who like have good lighting or um, mm-hmm. look pretty they're wearing makeup or something like that um, mm-hmm. and then when it comes to body types like yeah I don't get a lot of plus size dancers on my for you page it's always those like like Kardashian slim thick kind of looks mm-hmm. and yeah. it's really upsetting because they are like let's be honest they are the quote-unquote standard right and TikTok Mm -hmm. and the algorithm probably knows that which is why they push that content out Mm -hmm. so unless you truly actively seek for different types of people like what you did your for you page will always look like the quote-unquote standard standard type of pretty Mm -hmm. what in reality there's just like everyone is pretty in their own ways you're just influenced to constantly believe that those are what pretty people look like and everyone else who do not look like them aren't pretty. Yeah. And it's like, it feels like, it feels like, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, but like the line between, like back then I, f- I feel like, or I was told that usually it was people with talent that got popular for a talent, but now it feels like, okay, it could be talent, but it also could be your looks. It could be something, it could be something else. And it's just, it's, it's kind of sad because people who maybe are plus size, who have a really big talent and deserve to be pushed by the algorithm and get gain popularity aren't because another random TikToker is, you know, just doing her normal thing and she is pretty privileged I don't know yeah like the lip syncers mm-hmm. <laughs> but <Yeah>. I think <laughs> recently I'm honestly really glad that I guess as a community everyone kind of realized that this was a problem and became like advocates talking about the situation and now I mean my for you page now is so much more diverse than it was a year ago And you can definitely see the push in the algorithm saying like, oh, we need more diversity, not only in racial diversity, but also gender Mm -hmm. diversity and obviously like body type diversity. And it's just so amazing to see that. Mm -hmm. I um, completely agree. And I think it is important to say that for social media, there has been a kind of an awakening like you were describing about the necessary, these necessary um, uh, things that need to be done to allow people who have been discriminated in the past to be able to have a voice. And it's also brought a lot of com- like um, communities together. I have met so many amazing people through social media that have helped me regain my confidence. And um, I, you know, I had, um, I dance, but I also really love STEM and, and I enjoy, um, engineering and um, astronomy and so I was able to find people who liked doing both too and that was like revolutionary for me and you know there are positive implications and people know that too so it is important to acknowledge that that's a thing but as you said it's also important to acknowledge that it's that is not perfect and 
kind of, it almost sometimes seems like the um, cons can outweigh the pros sometimes. It just depends on the way you use it. And so um, I had this conversation with Sadie this season episode. Oh my gosh, I don't even know what episode, but it was titled like romanticizing mental health conditions. Mm -hmm. And we are just talking about being critical consumers. So what that means is being aware of the content you are consuming slash watching. So Mm -hmm. if you know that you're easily triggered by, um, let's say, diet videos or like nutrition Mm -hmm. videos, maybe stay away from those. So if you see them, just scroll quickly or I mean, in some scenarios, even like block the profiles and just understanding what content can harm you is the first step to take. And then the second step would be avoiding those specific content because as tempting as it is to constantly compare yourself and hoping that one day you will reach that influencer's quote unquote level or mm-hmm. however you're comparing yourself with them. Um, it is so much healthier to just get rid of that mindset completely. And the only way you can achieve this really is change your mindset. But obviously that's easier said than done. So I think what Sadie was talking about in that previous episode was so eye-opening. Like being a mm-hmm. critical consumer, it's as simple as that, you know, just being mm-hmm. aware of the content you're watching. So going back to what you were talking about earlier with watching like the STEM videos, now let's dive deeper into comparing our successes with other people. Mm-hmm. I think this is a huge thing as well and not as t- as much talked about as body images on social media. But um, personally, I am someone who really values like career and academic successes a lot more than the way I look. And so with that, like this topic hits very close to home. I think now with the internet and with various sorts of media, so different publications um, and social media platforms, you can really see the successful teens popping off and making millions of dollars and changing the world. And then you're kind of just thinking to yourself like, oh my God, what am I doing here? I'm literally sitting in my room watching these TikToks uh, (laughs) and like Charlie D'Amelio. No, I I totally, I get into a mindset of like, I'm not doing enough. Look at these people. I'm not doing enough. And I say that and um, I'm looking back on that negative mindset that I had had. I know now that I probably did a little too much and I, um, and I shouldn't have done that. And I can be proud of myself now for all the things that I've done. But at the time, it's very hard. The comparison is so hard. It takes a lot of mental fortitude to be able to say, um, no, what you're doing, it's okay. It's okay to take breaks. And I'm also, I'll, I'll say this, um, uh, I also, um, like you, I probably value the academics and the, and the other kind of um, uh, successes um, more as well, as because I am so passionate about um, all the activities I do and, um, and having, and I guess I, I know what I want to do in the future. And so seeing people already succeeding at that, or uh, for me, even worse, seeing people 
you know, doing things that I wish I could do, or I feel like I could be doing, but I'm for some reason not, it can be, it can be really damaging. When it comes to success, like that concept of wanting to continuously work and work and work and work until you reach that goal, which is most likely just like being some world-renowned, globally known enthusiast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Nobel it, Peace Prize. Like. Yes, exactly. Like if I don't get a Nobel Peace Prize before 20, I will be very sad and I will cry. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's honestly just like that, but it plays into toxic productivity. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that is something that, you know, needs to be talked about more. And social media definitely does have a huge part in causing toxic productivity. I mean, you see those gurus on Instagram, but I know there are a lot of like uh, toxic productivity videos online, like how to work for 12 hours straight, how to cram. Um, And then even those like aesthetic study videos, I think sometimes not a lot of the time so but sometimes it can also cause this false perception for high schoolers like five hour study with me study with mm-hmm. me or what is it day day in my life studying yeah, yeah. 12 hours like it makes you think that oh I also need to study for 12 hours mm-hmm. in order to be successful in order to get straight A's like mm-hmm. no you don't no, it's, it's so, it's almost, it's almost frustrating when I see, when I see these things and it's like, that's not how you do it. You can't just, and even the people making these videos know that they, they the people with their, my ideal productivity morning routine, like, please, you don't do that every day. I'm going to call out the BS now. <laughs> and it's like, and then for you to almost manipulate your audience to not only get views and clicks or whatever, but to make them feel like that that's what they need to do. That's not what, that's not what we we do as humans. You're not missing out because you don't do that. You're not an outlier because you don't, I don't know, get up at 5am to work out. That's not, that's not what it's about. And it's like, if you do that, that's great. And, um, and if you're, you know, not pressuring a bunch of other people to do it and telling them that they're not going to be as productive if they don't, then fine, totally do that. And I think that is fantastic. But it is toxic when people think that that is how they can get to their ideal life, their ideal body, because it's so many other things than, than this herbal tea. Like, <laughs> I realized that this was having real world implications on me when I saw that my self-confidence was going down during the college application process. People only post the best as far as like, when I was looking up colleges and looking at people, like, um, if, you know, I had a good chance of, you know, trying for this college or whatever, people would make videos or college acceptance videos, college tips videos, and, you know, day in my life at this college. And what was hard was I didn't realize until afterwards that people, only the best people post um, their best stats. For example, um, people would post like, okay, I got a 1600 on the SAT. I took 10 APs and I got into so-and-so college. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't have a 1600 SAT. I haven't taken 10 APs. Um, Like there's no way I'm going in, but, and then you would see multiple 
of these types of things of these almost perfect students talking about these colleges. But what I failed to realize was that so many other people that aren't as high of, um, don't have high GPA, are still amazing students, but don't have that high of SAT, were also just as well getting into these colleges. They just weren't posting about it, probably because they assume that they also, like, I don't know, were an outlier or something. But you, you have this false notion of, oh, those, those are the types of people that get into the high colleges. And it's like, yes, they are, but that's only a very small percentage of people who are confident enough about their scores, willing to almost brag about it on social media because they know that they're so rare. They know that they're the top 1%. And so, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, that kind of toxic productivity. I felt that way. I felt like that was what I need to do. I was feeling bad about myself for not being at their level. But the thing was, is I never had to be to get into good colleges. I never needed to, you know, add an extra class to boost, I don't know, something good on my resume. And I'm very grateful that I didn't do that. But I'm just saying many people have. And it's because they they see these people posting about, like, I don't know how they cured cancer at 15. And that's how they got in. And that's not what you need to do. That's not how it works. But I get why people would think that because that's what social media pushes. No, it's so true, though, because that is exactly what people think. And I mean, I am so guilty of that. I've been watching these like, um, college admissions videos since like freshman year because I knew I wanted to get into a good college and I was like okay so what do I what are the steps I need to take in order to guarantee that spot for me I was just gonna say and there's nothing wrong with wanting to watch those videos it's just when it starts affecting your own choices in a negative way but keep going <laughs> right exactly and so that was what I wanted to talk about because I realized that watching those college or the um, acceptance letter reaction videos, those, Mm -hmm. I guess, kind of trigger something in me to the point where like, when I watch it, my reaction to their reaction is, okay, I am definitely going to get in like, um, if they got in, I think I can too. Um, And then that's like, I guess, the more egotistical side of me. (laughs) And then the other side of me just depending on the mood the other side of me is no they are so talented they've done so many things what have I done and it's just like a ton of negative self-talk and I'm just like okay I will never be able to get into college and so I realized wow these these videos are causing extreme reactions for me Mm -hmm. there is Yeah. yeah it's just so unhealthy like it's either I am the best of the best or I am so bad what what did I do to deserve anything it's like wow these are horrible thoughts you know (laughs) so maybe I should just stop watching them altogether yeah especially when it specifically the college process and probably can be applied to many other different situations it's it's a wave like you know you can ride the top of a wave you're like oh yeah I'm totally getting in blah 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 and then you go on this deep valley valley and you're just like there's no way I'm gonna go to community college which there's nothing wrong with doing that but I'm just saying like there there's definitely like waves of uh, in that process and I think I I realized that I had gotten bad it was the day before I found out I was going to college and I was driving home going to um to open my decision letter and I thought to myself I was alone I was listening to music I was anxious about it and I thought to myself right as I was pulling into uh, my house I was like I don't think I once ever said out loud that like, I hope I get in. Like, I don't think I ever said out loud, 
you are you've tried your best and you are going to go to the college that you want like only ever when I talked about it with my family to my friends it was always oh yeah I want to go here but don't worry I know I'm not going to get like don't even live blah 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 and so right before I found out alone in my car I said like I hope I get in and that and and I mean I hadn't said that I didn't I and I and I ended up getting in which was so exciting and um I'm very grateful for for that but I'm just saying it was that was a realization that I literally never said it out loud because I had just been taught by social media that I felt like I didn't deserve it yeah exactly it is it's just so crazy to think about the impact that social media has left on all of our lives and the way we Mm -hmm. think and I feel like I mean college acceptances is an example but also the accounts that teens create now because Mm -hmm. They want it to look good for college apps. They they want it on the resumes, you know. And I think social media is a great way to boost your resume. Um, not at all bashing it at all because it is mm-hmm. one of the best ways to grow a platform and gain a career out of it. Mm-hmm. But I am saying that sometimes it's it's just so wild to see like twelve year olds now on TikTok on Instagram. They're like, I'm going to make positive global change and eliminate waste altogether I'm like you go girl but oh my gosh 12 years old like do you see how competitive this world is now to the point where a 12 year old I mean she might be super passionate about it I'm just imagining all the other 12 year olds watching it and feeling like compelled to also create something which is amazing like by no means am I saying this is wrong I think this is amazing and should continue Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that like someone needs to like I guess realistically speak out Mm -hmm. and say that like this is not the norm like she is someone Mm -hmm. special creating this like in no way should all the other 12 year olds be pressured to also do something because you know she's passionate about it good for her Mm mm-hmm no, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that, like you said, it's important that, and it's great for those people, but it's just like you, it's almost like you go on social media and you just, all you do is compare. And that's not, first of all, not the point of social media, but it's also something that's so hard to regulate. Just comparison in general, it's an abstract term. Like what, how do you know when you're doing it subconsciously? How do you know when you're doing it? Like, I don't know. It's just like, it happens, whether it's dance, whether it's about college, whether it's about global 12-year-olds, activists, I don't know. But it's just like, now with social media, we have an outlet to be able to learn about all these things and see all these things. But there's no outlet to teach us how to regulate our comparison and knowing what's normal and what's not. And it's just like every single person compares, whether it's toxic or not, every single person has a passion too that they might want to share through social media. But I guess it's just like, where do we go to be able to either feel heard or also like to learn not to be so biased? Like, of course, I want to be happy for these people. But there's always going to be I'm human. There's an underlying like jealousy or something. How how do you stop that? Yeah, it's a complicated question. And I think there's no like one solution to solve that feeling. But I do think like going back to the whole like being a critical consumer situation, it's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's factual, it is 
the number one thing to consider. And also going back to what you were saying about, um, about like regulating the content and just like viewing all of these different people who all have very unique talents. And the idea that everyone also has a passion, it's just Mm -hmm. something to keep in mind because the people you see online, like they're showcasing it because they like to. But then I know there's also a lot of people who are like, I am never going to touch like a public TikTok account because that is not what I want to do. You know, mm-hmm. so there there are people who want to show it off and there are people who are equally talented who don't show it off. And I think um, with social medias like TikTok and Instagram, more people are allowed to, or not allowed, but more people are able to share their passions with a large audience. And so with that, not much in the world has necessarily changed in terms of like how talented people are. But in fact, I think it's like the marketing aspect of it, which is getting like Mm -hmm. logistical, but it's true, you know, um, social medias, they allowed more people to see what one specific person is doing. And it kind of makes Mm -hmm. them like a, a minor celebrity in their own way, you know? And I think that is a great thing, especially with people who are trying to make positive impact um, on the world. But then there's also that side for the audience to remember that, you know, this has been happening since forever. And now you're just gaining awareness of it. And there's like this initial shock when you become aware that a lot of people are making change, which Mm -hmm. in a way is good because it motivates you to also find a way to somehow impact the world positively but the negative side is just that pressure you know I think it's it's just that underlying pressure and that need to be a little bit better than other people and also just like make a name for yourself um Mm -hmm. so yeah there's definitely some sort of like underlying jealousy but also just that need to be validated once again and to feel confident about the work that you're producing no I I completely agree there are like it connects us all and it helps us realize you know that everyone does this but it's also you know part of being human is like I don't know it might be an evolutionary adaptation is jealousy and you know comparison and things like that but it's almost like social media has become a I don't know, tool to kind of like manifest that even with like people across the country, across the world. And it's good and bad because you can meet people, you can find communities, um, you cannot feel alone. And just, you know, going back to loneliness and everything, it can really help cure that. But then at the same time, it can be just as damaging, making you feel like you're giving you low self-worth when you get into the comparison. So it's almost like, you know, social media is here to stay. Um, you know, we all we all know it can be toxic. We all know it can be good. But the one thing that we do know is that it's here to stay. What needs to change is, you know, how how we look at it, how we interact with it, and that goes just back to the question of how do we do that. <laughs> and then yeah. there's not a straightforward answer. But it's important to know that that's what is the issue. It's right. not you. It's not social media itself. You know, it's it's everything in between. Mm-hmm. That is, to an extent, it is kind of like a double-edged sword, right? Like, oh, there, yeah, sure. there, there's parts of it that are amazing and revolutionary, and then there's also the part of it that's like, 
revolutionary uh, in a negative way. What do you think is the next step that people can take in order to gain a little bit more confidence while using social media? Um, a few things. Uh, a very logistic um, piece of advice would be to utilize the search box. A lot of times when on Instagram or TikTok, you go on your For You page and that kind of over time evolves and blah, blah, blah. But if you are looking for something specific or maybe um, looking for something, or maybe, you know, trying to avoid something, then utilize the th- that search engine. I mean, for me, let's say I don't really want to look at a bunch of, you know, perfect dancers today, um, but I'm like, oh, but I also want to go on Instagram. Utilize the search thing and I'll search up calligraphy videos instead. And it's just like, um, and you, I don't know, I feel like that's kind of just like a very tangible piece of advice um, that you could do on a more mental note. I would suggest, I, I, I'm trying to refrain from saying taking breaks because what everyone says. Everyone's just taking breaks. And I know that social media is going to be a part of everyone's life, whether or not they are, I don't know, a recluse and don't have a phone or something. I don't know. It's, oh, it's, it affects our everything every day. And a break isn't going to solve any issues. But I do think taking a step back sometimes um, can help in like just reassessing a situation um, can kind of almost clear the brain fog that is mindless scrolling. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying, you know, quit social media, delete the app or whatever, because that is a very short-term solution, in my opinion, for people. Um, and it also might even heighten like FOMO or things like that, um, which for those who don't know is fear of missing out. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I think those two things are what advice I would have. Yeah, and adding on, um this world is just going to get more involved with technology. I mean, with mm-hmm. meta and I don't know, I was literally just watching the news today. Like there was an article I read um, that was talking about how like the world is going to head towards like virtual reality and augmented reality mm-hmm. and like things like that. So there's going to be a lot of technology involved. And I think just acknowledging the present moment and figuring out what you're feeling, reflecting on what goals you want to achieve mentally, and like where you want to be at tomorrow and the next day and for the following years, you know, um, just keeping that in mind and taking little steps to work, um, work on that and like change your mindset to something more positive. It's always the best thing to do. Yeah, it's, almost like uh, what you were saying, you were saying just like about being and just being in the present moment. Sometimes people might say, what's the point of going on a beautiful vacation or going up a mountain or climbing Mount Everest or, you know, traveling across the world when, I don't know, you can just look at a picture of it on a computer screen. And, and I feel like that kind of, and obviously your reaction is, well, there's nothing like experiencing in person, living your life, being in the moment at that place. It's entirely different. And so I feel like social media kind of has, you know, is just us looking at a picture of this, of a reality that we want and saying that that's good enough. But no, living in the moment, doing all of those things in real life, you know, if I can't do 64 fuetes, then let me at least go to, you know, it might be nice to see a video, but let me just try it at, in the ballet studio. I know I can't do it, but I can try and doing all, like, I don't know. I, 
I think that social media has added that kind of filter onto our lives it, 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 with that comparison, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It's like you expect the same kind of, I guess, satisfaction between watching a video and actually experiencing it. But it is kind of nice to once again, take a break from social media and experience it for yourself. So in a sense, not necessarily take a break from social media, but rather Mm -hmm. just taking the opportunity, if you have that chance, um, to go live that life that you see online. And I know sometimes it's portrayed unrealistically, in which you can see for yourself in the real world. And that will be like an interesting thing to keep in mind for the next time. Yeah, but it would be an interesting thing for you to see in the real life and understand the differences so that the next time you see it on social media, you recognize that, oh, that's an unrealistic expectation for me to have. Mm -hmm. And it is toxic for me to continuously think that way. Um, And now that I see what happens in the real world, I will use that as my standard. Mm hmm. No, I, that's very well said. I, um, I think the expectation thing is definitely people throw that word, um, um, out a lot, uh, when like referring to social media, but, you know, and they say, oh, expectations change and blah, blah, blah. But it's important to know that it it, is, it's deeper. It really does affect people in ways not commonly talked about, even with that word thrown around so much. Yeah, exactly. So I guess at the end of the day, social media is great, Mm -hmm. but be mindful of how you use it, be a critical consumer of content, and do you have anything else to add? Um, I think, first of all, if you ever deal with um, low self-confidence in regards to social media or anything, you're not alone, and it's okay. It's very normal to feel that way, but... Um, we're kind of like all in this together. Everyone is still navigating. Social media is technically a new thing, even though it feels like it's been a part of our lives for a while. It is technically new and we're still all trying to navigate it together. Also, if you don't feel great opening up Instagram, if you see yourself comparing, then um, recognize it and maybe stop for the day or try something new just I don't know experiment with what makes you happy when it comes to social media because it's unfortunately here to stay for the better and for the worse yeah definitely and it's just constantly going to change and I don't even know technology is always improving and the updates just keep coming so um I think what you said is very um perfect in this situation like just experimenting with what you enjoy what you find gross don't touch it anymore (laughs) do things that make you happy but also like challenge you intellectually before we end this episode Ava and I are going to share a couple of our favorite influencers that are body positive and just generally have good vibes um so Ava do you want to go ahead and shout out your person yeah, um, at Lizzie Dances is a plus size dancer um, who had who's really inspirational and she's um, super talented. So that's someone who I follow. Awesome. And um, I've shouted out these two people before, but one is at Jamie Karoma, as well as Victoria Garrick. Um, I will link all of their profiles in the bio or in the description. 
And with that, Ava, where can my listeners connect with you? Yeah, um, my personal Instagram is ava.tienel, that's A-V-A dot T-H-I-E-N-E-L, and feel free to reach out um, um, about anything we've talked about or anything else if you feel so inclined. And then also a social media platform I help run is at SciArtParty, that's um, S-C-I-A-R-T-P-A-R-T-Y. Um, and that kind is a community for people who want to pursue both um, scientific and artistic uh, careers or hobbies. And so if you feel like that is of interest to you, please check it out. And also be sure to follow Study Break's Instagram at the Study Break podcast, as well as tuning into your favorite podcast app. Follow Study Break there and stay tuned for a new episode every Tuesday. Thank you all so much for listening and have a great day. Bye, everyone. Bye.